Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome back. Cav BL Radio is back, eh, maybe just for today, but I've had a little bit of downtime today, so I figured I'd go through the league, see what questions we have moving forward in the rest of, what year is this, 2053, I think. Um, <clears throat> you know, before I get into it, it's some teams are questions about this season, some teams are going to be questions about the future. Um but I'm going to be going down through the standings, Landros 1 through 13, and then the Maynard 1 through 13. So this isn't in any particular order. Um, not doing any sort of, you know, preview what I think. It's just going to be more of the questions that I have and if I what I think the answer is if there is an answer. So starting with the Bucks in Landros, um, they're 29 and 5. They are very dominant. They have, I think, the best defense both against the three and against um, the the two in general. Um, they're giving up 37% from two and 28% from three. Um, but the question I have for them is, can they keep winning and be a favorite if they can't even shoot 40%? Now, the key is that they don't give up better than that. So their plus minus is still plus to uh 12 and they have to lead the league in steals. They're averaging 16 a game. Chambers is at 4.5 and actually I was talking to Bubbles and he said that Chambers was around 7 last sim alone. So, I don't know what he's done, what changes he's done, but um you know, <clears throat> I I said in the chat that I wasn't sure if Chambers and Loggins were the best two defenders ever ever put out there. Um, together, and it's hard to argue. Loggins is averaging almost four blocks on to go with 1.7 steals, and then you got Chambers at 4.5 uh, steals. Um, I think that they can keep winning. I don't think that necessarily shooting under 40% is going to derail them only because of the fact that they give up way worse than that. Um, yeah, I, I think that they are the favorite to come out of Landros, although, you know, I don't know if Zion can be stopped. And if that's the case and you get to the playoffs, I think that it, you know, we saw the Nuggets beat them last year. Now they got better getting Chambers. Um, but we will see. Um, on to the Nuggets, because I kind of, my question for them is, can they match up well with the Bucks? So going to them, they are 27 and 10. Um, one thing about the Bucks, they're 14 0 at home and 15 and 5 away. Going there is just going, it's hell. Um, you know, their defense clearly gets better at home. But on to the Nuggets, they're 12 and 2 at home and 15 and 8 on the road, both respectable. Their plus minus is just on, it's like 8.5. But the question for me isn't, you know, necessarily the Johnson and Ballard at the power forward center, how it matches up. It's can Patton do this long term? He's shooting 44% on, you know, seven-ish threes a game, um, averaging almost 20. As a, as a secondary score to Zion is massive. The added passing from Ballard clearly has helped. Um, and Hoskins is just a good defender to, to pair with you know, the rest of the team, can they shoot enough to 
win a seven-game series against the Bucks. I think these are, in my opinion, the two best teams in, in Landros. You know, the Hornets will have something to say about that. But, you know, moving forward, the question for the Nuggets is, um, can Patton turn this team from a two-headed team to a three-headed team? And if so, I think it gives them a shot against the Bucks. I still think the Bucks in that in a series is minus 150, minus 160 to, to win. But definitely getting closer. Um, on to the Hornets. They are 24-9. and nine. And just the one thing going through some of this is the, the game disparity. And not necessarily in these teams alone, but the Nuggets are at 37, Bucks 34, Hornets 33. There's some teams that have played over 40, and there's some teams under 30. So it just really is, you know, it could mean that there's a hot stretch coming for teams and a bad stretch. But when, when we get to the Hawks, we'll talk about real schedule disparities. Uh, Hornets 24-9. 16 and 2 at home, 8 and 7 away. Um, not really what you want to see if you want to be a contender is you know a 500 record away. Um, so that, that that could be a little concerning, but going into their team, I just don't know if I love their their point guard combinations. Like Rig is fine. They just got him, I believe, so we'll see if he helps. But he's got a bunch of scores adding Fallwell. He's got Mason to go with Ruzik and and KB. But KB being, you know, their best passer, I think. I guess they got Jess Lewis, who I don't know. He can he's passing. I don't know what I don't know what games he started. He's played 30 minutes a game for them. He's averaging more assists, but he's not anything um great. So my question for the Hornets is can they get a point guard? Um you know, go out. I know that Timkins, I know that Yeastman are both out there, although I don't think, I think Timkins cost weight is way too expensive at this point. Financially, not necessarily what RWE is asking. I just think that he's worth like, he's getting paid like 20 a year, something close to that. That's not worth it to me. But Yeastman for 16 for the year, I think he's a better player than Timkins. I just don't know what Smath wants. And so I, I don't know if Dan would go that route. So we'll see. Although he already traded for Riggs, so I doubt he goes back to the well with Smath and goes back for Eastman. So we we will see. But I don't know if their point guard combination is enough to to really scare the Nuggets or the Bucks. All right, on to the four seed in Landros. Uh, the Cavs added KJ before last sim. And <clears throat> I've never been, like, the biggest KJ supporter. His one through nines are clearly great on defense. Well, they were. They're nothing to write home about now. <clears throat> the one thing is, <clears throat> I saw on my team, my free throws went up a ton. I thought maybe it was, you know, extra offensive rebounding, but he actually replaced a guy that, where is he? That had 92 ORB, who was getting 40 minutes a game. So I don't think that's it. I don't know really why. I know he's always been predicated on free throws a game. Um, the question I have for them, can they challenge either of the top teams? I mean, I think we could take a game from both, but I don't I don't think KJ puts us over the top. I made that trade strictly because my 55 is losing value as I continue to win games, as Julianis and Brown get better, and C-Lions I can never pay 
with just having more better power forwards that I like. So for me, it gave me a trade piece because you still got two more years of KJ after this. I can, you know, I could see myself flipping him in the offseason, just trying to, you know, mix and match, see what progressions look like. But, you know, there's no rush for me to trade him now. I will enjoy getting into the playoffs and, you know, trying to match up. Right now it looks like I'm probably going to see some combination of the Pacers in round one, whether they're home or I'm home. or And then, you know, that sets us up to play the Bucks in round two. So uh, I don't see us challenging. I mean, we went in a game only because, like, our home team, we are 16-0 and at home and 3-11 and on the road. So... I mean, I could see us winning, losing the series like 4-2. We win two games at home, um, make it 2-2, and then they beat us. I just, I don't see us going into Milwaukee and winning. They beat us by 35 last time, going in there. On to the Pacers, 21-16. and They're 14-6 and at home, 7-10 and on the road. Um, question, the loss of Bapple, you know, he he's not great, he you know, Bubbles and I have talked. He's he puts up the steals and the blocks, but the one through nines really do hurt. So, it, was he a fraud? Maybe, but did they need the extra um, possessions that he was giving you? You know, Pete's been good, but he doesn't one point three steals versus what the three that Apple was getting. I don't know. Could those extra possessions really mean anything? Um, and then Barkley, he's taking. You know, a bunch of shots off the bench. I think he's their third. Him and Jerson are, like, super close for third most shots, and he's shooting under 40%. So is that hurting more than helping at this point off the bench? Um, so those are my questions. Did the Bapple move hurt, and did Barkley addition taking too many shots hurt? On to what's this? The sixth seed in Landros at the time, 18-16 and 16 for the Celtics. Uh, 11 and 6 at home, 7 and 10 on the road. Um, did the Cameron trade get the Celtics where they wanted? I mean, maybe they climbed to the 5 or 4 seed. I just, they're not good enough to beat the Nuggets or the, the Bucks. And this was my whole argument in the offseason. They're going to make this trade for Cameron, who has two years left, and it's going to get you nowhere. They have no assets on their team. If they don't sign, re-sign guys, which I mean, they might, and maybe he extends Cameron next year, maybe extends Doss, but this is a two-year shelf life team for the number one pick. I just I don't see it. Um, so, did it get Cameron to where Massey wants to be? I don't know. Massey he comes and goes, so I don't really know. Um, I like when he's active. He's fun, you know. He makes trades, but you know, I keep saying. My whole issue with the the uh, fall wall deal was he makes a trade and then he doesn't log on to flock for 20 days. And it's, you know, he can make these earth-shattering trades and then he's gone. At least, you know, when other guys do it, Mike, for the Bulls, Mike was still around. Even if people didn't like, you know, he doesn't always talk and chat, but he's, act, he's responsive. Sometimes, you know, LGC, the joke is you got to wait a couple days sometimes for him to respond. So... Yeah, moving forward, I, I don't know what the Celtics' ceiling is. I think it's a second-round exit. Um, in all likelihood, I think it's a first-round exit. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he's in the playoffs firmly, and uh, he, he he's not dropping because the Raptors are 
just not good. So moving on to the Raptors. They are 18 and 19, 11 and 9 at home, 7 and 10 on the road. Um, question for the Raptors. Should they have moved should they move Huertas? Should they have? Should they now? Um, I assume that the plan after trading Cameron was to fall out of the seven seed or fall out of the playoffs. And right now he's locked in at the seven seed and I just I don't know if he can lose enough to really fall below both the Rockets and the Lakers. Um, I, I'm not saying he can't, and I'm not, I just think that if he's at this point, what's more important, the value on Huertas, which, I mean, he still has five years left, or trading and just kind of moving on. So, I don't know. He's got Milo, who he could move. That would definitely benefit some teams. I think he's going to be stuck with that Haitian contract. It's hideous. Whoever signed it, <clears throat> Andre. Uh, pathetic, but he does have Prodder to build around. So for me, I'm probably trading Huertas for best I could get and moving on. He does have the Celtics 55, which could shape up to be something really good. I mean, I just said Cameron's off the books. Floyd Anthony's there, but Cameron and Doss off the books. You got the Rockets, Lakers getting better. A couple other, you know, non-playoff teams that, that could be looking to move up specifically the Grizz, and, you know, I just don't see any of the top teams selling off before that. So there's a chance that that Celtics pick, even if it's not Lotto, you know, 10, uh, 11, 12th, still a good pick. Uh, Rockets, 15 and 16, 12 and 7 at home, 3 and 9 on the road. Um, That's a big disparity. He's played 19 home, 12 away. Hence, one of the reasons you look at it and you say, can the Raptors stay ahead of them? You know, the Rockets have to catch up on the away games a little bit. I mean, it's not much, but seven games, but they're only winning uh, one every four. So it, it's a big difference than if they if the road and home were split. Um, question for them, could they benefit from some sort of shakeup? I, I don't have an answer. Um, Praxis is clearly their... Alpha offensively averaging 25 on decent percents. They added, who's that, Martinez. I mean, 16 and 8 with 2.6 blocks, you know, on an insane shooting from 3, 46.5 from 3, 47.6 overall. You know, but Burns isn't as great as advertised, although probably because he has a ton of passing. He's got more at 4.8 assists. Uh, Singer Solo at 2.8, Golden at 5.3, Praxis even throws in two a game, you know, and then Burns at 6.48. They're averaging over almost 25 assists, which I'm sure is helping their cause, but, you know, they have barely any steals. They're getting killed in that category. They have more turnovers than ever. I just, I don't know what the shakeup is. I don't know what trades are out there. I just think that they would benefit from something. I don't have an answer. On to the Lakers, who are the ninth seed. The Rockets were the eighth. Lakers, 14 and 21, 9 and 8 at home, 5 and 13 on the road. Um, pretty sad that they're 14 and 21 with one of the best players in the league. Um, I don't think it's a surprise. Outside of like the group chat that we have for the, the college league that some of us do, um, I talked to Bubbles the second most as much. Only Ricky I talk to more. 
And Bubbles and I, Bubbles said he's, you know, probably a top three player. No holes in his game. Legit scorer, rebounder, ton of steals, and then, you know, elite one through nines on defense. So, you know, how are they 14 and, what did I say, 21? Um, they have a negative point differential. Um, I don't know. They are falling an absolute fuckton. Um, I think this is on purpose. And again, I am not bashing. I do not give a fuck if people tank. I will go on record. You can do whatever the fuck you want with your team as long as it's winning the rules. Um, but the one thing about... I don't know what that contract is for Saxella. I've never been a big fan. I would not have liked this if this was in his prime. But you sign him to this at 33 years old, that's really scary. He's already starting to dip, and I think he's stuck with that, and it's going to hinder him. Um, I mean, whatever I say now, Ken's going to do the opposite. So, Ken, I think you should keep Jackson and just ride it out. All right, not that he's going to listen to this anyway. Uh, My question for them. Is he doing this on purpose? Uh, 100%, and I could care less. He's been doing it for how many years? Makes no difference to me. Bulls, 10 seed, 10 and 23. They are 8 and 10 at home and 2 and 13 on the road. It just It's a theme in Landros. Um, only three teams above 500 on the road. Hornets, 8 and 7. Nuggets, 15 and 8. Bucks, 15 and 5. Um, the Bulls, is Kaba going to get moved? I, I think it's pretty much out of the question that he makes the playoffs. Um, Santoro, I think, is out until probably right around the trade deadline, Sim. Um, the Bulls have their pick. So this must be 50. I think this year it's, I don't know. I think that they forfeit their next two picks. They're 53 and 54. So they have no, they don't have to do anything. I mean, they're not giving away a lotto to anybody anymore. question is, does Kaba get moved? Because he's going to sign a contract at the end of next year, and then he's going to be really expensive. So does KJ move him? Does he take a first and some bad money and just sit there? Um, you know, this is a price of, what do you make, two finals, three finals? I don't know, winning a title. You know, he's kind of, he was over the hard cap a couple times. So is what it is. He doesn't have his next two picks, but they're not going to be lottos. So only question for them is, does Kaba get moved? You'll see that a lot of the, the teams out of the playoffs are more of, you know, future picks. So for the Lions, 9-21, 6-9 at home, 3-12 on the road. Um, I don't know if they won a game last sim without KJ. I can, I guess, look quick. No, 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 no. No, no, they didn't. Um, with that, you know, said, it does Brunson, Geisa, that's pretty much it. Those are the only two with any value on their team. Get moved. Um, yeah, oh, he's got McFarland. I think he's going to hold on to McFarland, pay him after this year, see where the, the lotto gods lie, and, and move on from there. But, you know, what does Brunson bring back? Because if he waits, he's going to be an expiring next year, and we know that that just brings less value for a contender. Um, I think he's going to be stuck with Geisa at least for the next two years. Maybe somebody takes a shot, you know, in the last two years of his deal. But I think right now he's kind of fucked. That's a lot of money. 
you know, for a guy, yeah, I mean, he puts up nice not 9, 10, and 6. But if you look at his numbers, they're, they're close to what Maurice X puts up. And what's he getting paid by the, the who has him, the um, Jazz? I don't know. Whenever I see him, I'll bring up his stats. But they're got to be eerily similar. And, you know, getting paid a fuck ton more. So we'll see. He's not making the playoffs regardless, but any value for Brunson's better than him just wasting away. Um, 76ers, kind of the same boat. 6-29, and 4-10 and 10 at home, 2-19 and 19 on the road. Um, can he move Bapple? Can he move Vega for any sort of um, picks, young kid, anything? Um, I don't think he's in a position to really, you know, bitch and moan. If he gets offered any, any random first, I think, for Vega, that's a definite because why pay three years at twelve, almost $12 mil a year? Um, Bapple's interesting. Some people like him. Some people hate him. Um, I think he's just kind of stuck with him for a couple seasons till the contract shortens up. But if he can move him, move him. Um, last in the Landros, six and thirty-one Grizz, four and sixteen at home, two fifteen on the road. Um, there's no questions other than can Allrim not fucking fuck this up? The point guard he got is really good. He's got who else? There was somebody else on his roster I liked. I don't know. Maybe not. I don't know. The Venev guy is decent. He can shoot the three. Decent one through nines. Whatever. Just build around the I can't even Mijotovich. Fuck off. I have no clue. But build around him. He can play three positions. So I don't know. I don't know how he's been tanking for so long and he has no assets on his roster. Like Kassan's fine. Madsen is okay, but he's got nothing. Vornoff? Who the fuck is Vornoff? Yeah, I mean, he's a good def- Yeah, he's a fantastic defender. So those are your two. Vornoff and Mijatovic. Get rid of everyone else. Stay fucking patient, Allrim, if you listen to this. All right. Top of Maynard. We're going to go to the Blazers, 28-8. and eight. They are 18-2 and two at home and 10-6 and six on the road. My question for them is more for the playoffs. You know, whether they end up the one or the two seed, three seed, whatever, you know, whatever. Hawks are up there, too, with the Sonics. Um, what do the Blazers do when they have to possibly pull Tezco's off the floor? Because he's shooting guard only, and you're not benching Roar. So if it comes to it and, and you know, you match up with Jericho or Watson, and they're at small forward... You gotta, you're not putting Roar there. Roar will get torched. So you got to move him to shooting guard, move Jack to small forward. You know, what does that make his team look like? I'm not, I don't know that there's a, a plan in place, but I, I'm assuming that Ricky will figure something out. But that's my question for them. Can they figure it out without, you know, 27-point scores starting? Uh, all right, Sonics, 22-7. and seven. 12 and 1 at home, 10 and 6 on the road. Um, question for them. Where did I put it? Um, is 
is Bjornsson, Bjornsson real? I don't know if anyone's checked his stats. He's averaging 21 on 58% through 29 games. It's a pretty good sample size at this point. Um, you know, if he can stay hot and give them a third, a fourth, well, I don't know. I don't know what Bamazio will end up averaging, but guaranteed a third score over 20 is really hard with how good defensively Watson is um, and Prawl to kind of move around. So um, the only issue with them is you know where Watson and Tanner are going to be. Tanner has to play power forward, which is fine, but if you have any way to exploit it, you at least know where he is, and he's a weak rebounding power forward to go with a not great Bjornsson at center. But anyway, um, yeah, if Bornson, can Bornson keep doing this? All right, Hawks. This is crazy schedule. 30-11. and 11. So they've already, I think they, I looked quick. I think they played the most games in the league already. 24-3 and three at home. 27 of their 41 games so far have been at home. That means 14 on the road, or 14 at home left and 27 on the road. They are 6-8 and eight on the road. So I have two questions for them. One, can they figure out what they want to do at point guard? I don't know that Andrews is the answer. Is His assists are up. But, you know, is he giving up more than he, he's taking? Um, he's clearly a drop from Yeastman. And then my second question is, can they figure out what's going on with the home roads, you know, dominating at home? And, and you know, it's not on, like, the Bucks. They're undefeated at home, and they're 15-5 and five on the road. Like, if the, the Hawks can figure that out, I think they're the one seed. But if they're going to be around 500 in Maynard, they're – they could be a four seed if they're not too careful. So can the Hawks figure that out um, and then figure out maybe there's a point guard out there that, that fits better? I know that he brought Kip in, and I know that I assume he's playing with his lineup and you know setting. So we'll see how that comes in. Um, but, yeah, I, I, if he doesn't figure out the home road thing, it, should be an in, it would be an interesting couple sims. All right, Hawks – or Hawks, Thunder – uh, are fourth at 24 and 9. They are 12 and 4 at home, 12 and 5 on the road. Nice, almost simultaneous. Um, I didn't love this roster at the start of the year. Not that I didn't love it, I just didn't think that they could do this in that conference. Um, but Drayton, Walznecki, and Simpson are, are proven to be a nice little combo. Um, I don't necessarily have a bunch of questions because I, I think they are what they are. But, you know, is there a way to maximize Simpson a little bit more? He's shooting, you know, he's 29-40 from three, and he's shooting 34%, which isn't bad. But if he can maximize the shots he gets from three, it would really benefit this team. Um, I don't have a ton of questions. I just – I think they – they're a few pieces, not a few pieces away, but I just think they need a little bit more growth. Um, Sorath has really just made things smooth. Nice little uh, 10, 9, 5, 1.6 steals, 1.7 blocks. Um, and he can kind of move him around with Simpson. So it's a fun combination of starting five. I don't necessarily love the depth as much, but we'll see if, Fer, Ferrer still getting two 
steals a game off the bench. Impressive. All right, we are on to the Warriors, 26-10. and 10. They are 16-3 and 3 at home, 10-7 and 7 on the road. My question for them is, what the fuck is going on with the score? And they have Weebs, Barber, and Soto, and they average 91. And that's with DPJ passing. Now, he's gone down overall as a, as a player. I think his assist at one point was up in the 90s. It's 77 now, so it's still not bad. But he's averaging 6.27. Um, he has Cord- Cordesi at, at point guard, which should work, but he's he must be getting torched because he's... Oh, fuck. Clicked off. Sorry. Um, the numbers look good. It, they're just not scoring. I can't figure it out. They have LJJ, who's out right now, but doesn't look like he's missed much. I just, I'm shocked that this team isn't scoring more. Um, maybe have to go out and sign, a, a not sign, but trade for a bench shooting guard. You know, maybe Elliott's not the, the choice off the bench with this, this squad. You know, you get Barber, go get like a, not necessarily Satan, but like a Satan type. That just guns it off the bench just to get, you know, some movement. Uh, all right, Clippers. They are 25-10. and 10, 11 and 5 and 11, uh, 14 and 5 away, 11 and 5 at home. Um, they were the one seed last year, I believe. Maybe the two seed. Um, did that trade Chambers for Mazone hurt them more than... Um, you think Mazone's been good. He's averaging 20 on 50%. But the defense was out of this world for Chambers. You know, he was averaging four-plus four steals a game or close to it. Um, you know, he's trying to mix and match. He can't figure out what center he likes. He's, Vincent started. Whitaker had some starts. Um, I just I don't know that. You know, adding Dolan and subtracting Chambers was the best move. Hobbs, Chambers, Dolan with Frere off, um, would be a solid one through four. So I don't know. Uh, uh, he's not one of the ones I question a whole lot. He has his own game plan. And he sticks to it. But, yeah, I like Chambers more than his own. So still questioning that. And that's my question is, is it going to end up hurting them in the long run? All right, the Wolves. What's that make them? Two, two, four, six. So the Wolves are seven seed right now. 18 and 12, and they are locked in the playoffs. I mean, there's no way they're falling out. Nine and four at home, nine and eight on the road. Um, my question for them is, what is the plan? They have Miner, Kazri, Lander, Kubo, Edison's coming off the books on their roster, who are all in their second year. You know, not necessarily win now because Kazri's young, but Miner's on his third contract. Um, Kubo's playing 12 minutes a game, making 13.5. And then you have Lander, who's been really good for them. Then you got a bunch of young kids, you know, Baker, Glass Vassal, Coombs, Rothschild who are first, second-year players. So I don't know what he wants to do. I don't know his direction, but he, he he's not falling out of the playoffs at this point this year um, based on what's happening behind him. I just don't see the Kings and the Suns being able to pass him. 
So he's locked in the playoffs this year. So I guess kind of keep it together and see what happens in the offseason. But I think he's hard cap now. And part of that, I mean, he's got Kubo, who is getting paid 13.5 a year and raises moving forward. And he's getting 11.3 minutes a game. So figuring that out will be a huge plus in the offseason. But there's not much he can do right now. Kings. Um, it's more of a future question. I expect him to fall out of the playoffs. I expect Z to figure it out. Um, but has he kind of found a nice little threesome grunge? Looks like he's going to be a 30-point scorer before soon. Williams looks like a star. Um, I don't know where he drafted him. Picked him fifth. Um, averaging 16.5 and over 11 rebounds on 54% shooting to go with 2.7 blocks. Um, he turns it over a ton. You know, that's their, that's his biggest issue. But, and then Bridges is kind of like just a, does a little bit of everything, but not a lot of anything, to be honest. Um, you know, has he found some sort of group to mix? Oh, this team has Murray Sacks. Eight, 9.5, and 5. And that's almost what Geyser was doing. And Murray's X gets paid 4 mil a year. So it just, I think that's why Drizzy's going to be stuck with Geyser. But looking at the Kings, have they found their future? Um, you know, he signed Slivko, which was kind of a weird contract. But, you know... Slifka's a nice defensive player. 6'9", 8'8", defense, small forward, power forward, eligible. Um, it's hard to play him a power forward just because he can't. He, he's an atrocious rebounder. But, you know, plus and minus with every player. And uh, he doesn't turn it over ever. He's 79 turn, turnover rating. So um, this team has no point guard. I, he's starting, I'm guessing he's starting Jollibert. At point guard, who averages three assists. So they get to 20 assists a game, but that's partially because of Murray Sachs and Grunge gets a few. So I'm I'm curious what he does, but I expect him to miss the playoffs. Um, Suns are 1.5 games out of the playoffs. They, um, Kings were 8-7 and seven at home, 4-13 and 13 on the road. Suns, 9-11 at home, 4-13 and 13 on the road. 13-24. and 24. I mean, he's got Cage. Harris is just kind of a guy. Hammer is just kind of a guy. McCoy, just kind of a guy. Like, nobody stands out next to Cage. I totally understood the trade that he made when he traded Zach, Jack, who had a, a season-long injury, but clearly keeping Jack and just punting that one season was better than what he's doing right now. Um, he's starting New Razzle, who just... He's garbage. It's not garbage, but, you know, if you have Cage, you know, I know he's asking for the moon for Cage. Wouldn't you be better off just freaking trading? I don't know. This is where I differ from a lot of people. Because me sitting there at the 8-9 seed with Cage, who's just wasting, is not worth it. I'd much rather trade him, get an asset, and then definitely miss the playoffs. But him sliding into the 8 seed makes fucking no sense. He has his pick. Just fucking trade him and lose or trade your pick and get into the playoffs. Like, don't sit there with an older... Like, if he was a younger team, I would say just sit there. If your team gets there, it gets there. If it doesn't, it doesn't. 
but he's got Cage. It's not like like he has an asset he can trade away. And I think that's the difference between like a, a team that builds up to a team that's on the decline. Either trade your pick this year and like try to make one run into the seven seed and hope that Cage wins a series, or trade Cage and reset. Like this middle stuff with an old aging vet, you're just going to lose value on Cage going into next year. What if he takes a hit? His, now he only has two years. Now he can't help you this year. I don't know. I don't know what trades are out there for Cage. I'm not saying that he's got, he's turned down trades. That's that's my question. What what does he want to do? Does he want to make the lotto with Cage and hope that he lands the number one pick who he can then flip? I, I don't know. It, it seems like a long shot to me. But, you know, Z likes the to, to keep guys. So it's what it is. Uh, Knicks, 11 and 21. 8 and 7 at home. 3 and 14 on the road. Um, this this question's simple. Can Andre contain himself to not fuck this up? Um, he's got the Warriors pick next year. He's got the Thunder pick this year. He's got all of his picks. Don't fucking trade him. If you have to dump a salary, do not trade a future pick. Build around Matrix. Guy is going to be good. You have a guy that's starting... First of all, the fact that he's averaging 10 rebounds a game, his ratings are 34-55, just shows you he's going to out-rebound his position, especially if you end up using him at shooting guard. Um, do not do anything. You, I just don't know if Andre has the patience. He has to make trades, and at some point, I think he's going. He, he's either going to hit gold or he's going to screw himself. Heat, 9 and 27, 6 and 11 at home, 3 and 16 on the road. Heat are doing exactly what they should be, losing. I know Smath says he wants to win. I never understand that. You see nothing. Um, you know, question for the Heat Can Smath get any value for Yeastman? I think that's really the only thing on his, on his team that he could move that would be worth anything. Or that he would move, like he's not moving Griffith or the new guy whose name is just a bunch of letters, or Kubowick. So, you know, he has those three. Can he find any other value out of Yeastman? Um, keeps, I, I don't know. That that's all I see. Um, Le- Leecher, Lecter, is fine, but I don't see him being a long term. I wouldn't even be shocked if, um, unless he gets monster progressions, if he's not even paid. Um, come RFA, which is still years away. Um, yeah, that's it. He's got about a bajillion picks. Uh, he holds Cavs, Nuggets, Warriors, Heat, Hawks this year, Heat, Blazers, Hawks next year, and Heat in 55. I mean, none of those project to be Lotto outside of his, but, you know, who knows what the Blazers and I don't see the Hawks doing it, but, you know, Ricky's up and down every year. Um, as for Griffith... I, I know Omar loves him, Smath loves him, and that's totally great. He's not a guy I want. Um, he's taking the second most shot. Now, this is, you know, if he adds more volume, it might look different. But he he's taking the second most shots, and he shoots 36% overall, 28% from three. It's just not a guy I would want to deal with. I totally get it. You know, his assists are high, his rebounds are high, he gets steals. Totally get all that. Defensive one through nines are good. Unless he shoots a decent percent with his volume from three, I don't want anything to do with it. Especially because his FT, his free throws aren't aren't super high. 
you know, if he had like a 40 free throw percent, 40 FTA, I'd be way more on board. But he's just not my type of player. I know people love these types of players and all power to you. He's not a guy that I value highly. Like I know Omar has said he's already like what, a top five point guard. And I can name probably seven or eight point guards without even thinking that I would want over him. So, again, we all have our styles, and I'm not bashing, just not my type of point guard. All right, Nets, 8-25, and 4-11 at home, 4-14 on the road. Um, my question for them, well, one, he's just got to have patience. He's got a bunch of young kids. You know, Velvax looks really good. Um, but did he make the right move taking Aldwell? That contract, I'm just not a fan. I, I would have stuck that with whoever signed it and been done with it. I don't think he's that good. Um, I know he's younger, but he's what? He's 24 now? Yeah. I mean, I get it. People can progress till they're 27, but he needs probably three really big progressions to be something more than like a, a rotation piece for me. I don't see it. Guy ha- doesn't shoot well. The only positive is his assists. Um, but, yeah, I, I his defensive one through nines are nice. Gets some – I don't know. I just – I don't see it for this contract that in year five you're going to have to pay 17.4, 0.54. So the question I have is did he make the right move keeping him? Um, Jazz, 2-33, 2-14 uh, at home, 0-19 uh, away. Could basically pencil in a W if you see Jazz coming to your court. Um, he's got Andrews, he's got Brant, and then he's got Khan on like a nice little MLE contract, but I doubt he moves him this year. Then he's got Hernandez. That's really the only future asset that's worth anything on this team. Um, could he find something for Andrews or or um, who was the other one? Brant? Probably not. You know, because I assume you'd want expirants coming back, and those are, you know, not all there if you're giving a first or a second or a young kid, whatever it is. So I just don't see it. Um, my prediction halfway through the year is I'm going to go Bucks over Hawks 4 2 in the finals. Um, I'm going to say that Bucks beat the Nuggets 4 2 as well in Landros, and that Hawks beat the Blazers 4 2 in Maynard. I'm not going to go through and do all my predictions now, but those are my predictions as of now. And uh, as always, Chris, go fuck yourself.